Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast. You're home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Michael Pree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? We are recording this episode, episode 64, a little late this week due to the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we couldn't get together on Memorial Day. Um, so we are recording this on Lou Gehrig's Day. Uh, Wednesday is the first, I believe it's the inaugural Lou Gehrig's Day uh, by the MLB, and I believe it is in support of ALS. I believe it is ALS month, so proud to be in support. You know, the MLB is proud to be in support of ALS and, and uh, all, you know, related uh, uh, problems with the disease and uh, raising money for it and awareness and, and giving a legend like Lou Gehrig a, a day is, is also obviously cool as well. So that's, uh, you know, so that's where we're at. We're recording a little late. We're recording on that day. Happy to celebrate it and uh, cool to see all around baseball, uh, the players celebrating it and, and raising awareness. So um, with that, let's get into our topic at hand before we get into our news. Um, this week's topic that we decided is related to foreign substance in relation mostly to the pitchers. I'll kind of let Frank kind of give the context around the, what went into the the decision to make this a topic. It has more to do with the Cardinals and I believe is what uh, got Giovanni Gallegos or right. So yeah, I'll let Frank uh, kind of lead us into it and we'll, and we'll kind of discuss what, what the deal is. Yeah. Uh, a few days ago, or uh, last week, I guess at this point, <clears throat> Giovanni Gallegos had his hat taken by the umpires um, Joe West was the crew chief, stating that there was an obvious or notable addition or substance on the hat. The idea that it could be a foreign substance. This caused quite a stir, especially with the Cardinals and Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt's big big comment was, why now and why this guy? When there's bigger guys, bigger problems, bigger names, and bigger times to do this, why are we doing it right now? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a report when the season started with the Garrett Cole and that went nowhere. Um, the idea that pitchers use foreign substance is 100% true. The idea that I would say 80% of the pitchers use some sort of something. Yeah. Substance. Absolutely. I would say at least 80% is is, is a guarantee. Especially in the National League. Mm-hmm. Let's say a pitcher doesn't want to use bat gloves when he hits, but he puts a little pine tar on his bat. Where do you think his hands are going? Yeah. When he's done hitting, he's going right out to the mound. It's not hard. Yeah. So the idea of it's foreign substance is, is this a big problem in baseball? If you're the Negroes and you have a cheese grater and fail not, uh, nail filer in your pocket, and that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're globbing pine tar or some sort of large amount of substance on a ball, that's a problem. Sure. If you're altering the way the ball can spin or move because of the substance, that's a problem. If you have a little tackiness to your hand, that's not a problem. If that was a problem, then why do they have rosin on the back of the mound? Why do the, pit, why do the hitters get pine tar? It's to help them control the bat. It's help them to control their, their grip, their sweat, their moisture on their hands. So the idea of using pine tar, I think, or even other substance, I think the MLB should make a substance that they're allowed to use. Mm-hmm. Make a pitcher's pine tar. Make a, you know, a, a special, a different kind of rosin. A lot of guys like to use, you know, they use some rosin and then they use sunscreen. Guys who use sunscreen all the time in summer, and you're playing in you know Texas or something, and it's 100 degrees out. You can put some sunscreen on. Mm-hmm. 
they'll use that in a little rosin, and you could come out with this little bit of a, a lotion kind of sticky tackiness where you can put on your fingers, kind of move around your fingers, and all of a sudden now you got tackiness to you. Uh, guys use pine tar. Guys put stuff on their hat. Guys put, you know, you see it, and, and it's Craig Kimball's one of the guys. He has this whole, it's a big, it's easy. Easy mark. Why don't you just go out there and say, hey, this guy's got something on his hat. He gets thrown out of the game. Well, it's like a thing around baseball. It's like, don't start. Because you say it about my guy, I'll say it about your guy, and all of a sudden we have no pitchers left, and we got to go home. <laughs> yeah. So, sure. you know, I just wanted to bring this topic up because it is a thing that baseball's trying to work on. I just think they should come out with something that's, Give them something that's legal. Give them a rosin bag. You got you got that. Give them their... Here, this is pitcher's pine tar. This is a substance for pitchers to get more tackiness. That's what they should do. Because mm. uh, when it's cold out, let's say it's raining out, whatever's going on, that guy's throwing 105. He already has no little less control than you would like. The hitters want him to have more control. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They don't want to glob yeah. a pine tar in the ball where the ball's going to move an extra foot. But you're telling me, you know, Jordan Hicks could... Has a little bit better idea where he's throwing the ball when it's 12 degrees out. That's fine with me. Yeah. That's fine with the hitters. That's the concept. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stories of stuff happening. Um, there's obviously even the thing where uh, uh, catchers have it on their catchers, their leg guards mm. behind the leg guard and stuff. And they'll get a new ball and they'll whatever they'll they'll get a thing on their finger, a glob of it on the finger, get the ball from the umpire, put the when they put the ball in their hand, they wipe it. And then throw the ball back there. And then the guy catches it, and the pitcher immediately rubs the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, now he has a glob of pine tar. Not that he's using the glob, but now he's got a glob of pine tar that he can put in his pocket or put on his glove or put in his hat somewhere. Yeah. And now he can always touch it every once in a while. Hey, my fingers are getting a little slick. Let me touch this real quick. Oh, now, now I'm good. Yeah. Oh, let me touch it here real quick. Now I'm good. So there's stuff like that going on, no matter what baseball wants to do. As long as the spin rate isn't going crazy, as long as the movement isn't going crazy, as long as it's not affecting... The it's not natural, but the more natural version of the way the ball is going to move, there's no issue. As long as it's not increasing your velocity by five, six miles per hour, as long as nothing at competitive advantage, I don't see why they don't they don't do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same concept. And then take pine tar away from the hitter because mm-hmm. he's using it to hold onto the bat. Yeah. So why doesn't the pitcher get it to use it to hold onto the ball? That's that's the concept. So, and this has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. It's spitball back in the day and and. The Negroes, like we said, you know, Gaylord Perry was 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 nuts with that. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to guys like Billy Martin used to go nuts and go out there and tell them, well, check them, check them here, 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 and they'd never find anything. Mm-hmm. He's out there touching his hat, he's touching his ears, he's wiping his jersey after every pitch, wiping his his hand, he's touching everything, grabbing his belt, touching his legs, everything after each pitch. Saying, yep. He's got something, we just can't find it. Mm-hmm. We even seen it, Kenny Rogers mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yep, John Lester. That was a, uh, the booger. That was not a booger. That mm-hmm. was a, the rosin sunscreen kind of mix where you got that greenish, whitish stuff where he gets put on his glove where you can touch it every once in a while. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it with guys like Kimbrel. Um, and we see it with Pineda with the pine tar on his neck. You see it all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, when you when they think that you get a competitive advantage, it's when they call it out. Right. Otherwise, right. you could really sit down and go, well, he's got it. Up, oh, he's got it. Up, oh, he's got it. Up, oh, he's got it. Mm-hmm. Especially when people jump around teams. You're Garrett Cole. He pitched with Verlander. He pitched with them guys. You think he doesn't know what they're doing? Yeah. They go play the Astros. He can go be look, go behind his ear, an inch high, an inch above his back. You know, the left ear. He's got a little lick of pine tar there. Go touch it. Up oh, there it is. Up oh, he's ejected. Yep. You know, they know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So they really want to. They can call you right out and get you out of there. Agreed. 
I think that's, you know, that's why I wanted to bring this topic up. Obviously, we've seen it. It's something baseball's trying to work on. Um, but I think the really the end goal here is give them a substance they can use. It doesn't affect the way that the ball's going to move and just gives them a little bit more tackiness, stickiness, control of the ball, and we're fine. Yeah, I, I fully agree with basically, I'd say 100% of what you said because I, it's it's that's just, if you know baseball, it's kind of the way it is. Yeah, it, there's instances like with the Pinedo or the, you know, guys like Gaylord Perry, you know, where it's it's obvious and you are getting a competitive advantage at that point. But, I mean, you could, as a manager, you could go out there seven, eight, nine out of ten times and to any random pitcher, even if you don't know if he's using something, and you'd probably be right most of the time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, these guys are, are using something. I, I wouldn't say that they're cheating in the way of um, they're – they're getting an extra, like you said, they're getting the extra spin rate. They're getting the extra stealing signs. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're definitely not doing that. They're definitely not doing something that egregious. But I think it's just part of baseball. I agree. I think there there could be a uh, a way to make it so. Hey, here's pitcher's pine tar. You can use. You know, it, it's available to you know, at this amount, at this quantity. You know, to each dugout or to each bullpen or whatever. Put um, an amount. Yeah. Put it back in the mouth. So mm-hmm. then you know if he uses it, you've seen him use it, everyone gets to use it. So mm-hmm. It's just like the same rosin bag. I mean, COVID changed it a little bit, but mm-hmm. the idea you get the same rosin bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone got the same rosin bag. It just sits there. Right. So if he right. uses it, I use it, everyone gets to use it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's just give him something that the MLB approves. It's like having certain medicines they approve. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of them is considered a performance enhancing. And if there's medicines that are approved, then it's on a list. Give them a list. Hey, you can use these things as a pitcher. Yeah. If you get caught with this, you obviously get suspended. Fine, you get, a, you get some sort of suspension. I'm not saying it has to be a crazy suspension unless you're really doctoring the ball up or, you know, really changing it or, you know, second, third offense, then you can make some bigger suspensions. Yeah. But maybe you give them, uh, you know, 15-game suspension. If you're starting pitcher, that's three starts. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a big deal. A reliever, maybe you give them 10-game suspension. If you're mm-hmm. second offense, right now you start creeping it up unless he's really doing something egregious where he's filing the ball down yeah yeah the yeah, or yeah. Something. then you can really go into it but mm-hmm. you know we don't have really that issue no and you're not even gonna see that because any ball even gets near the dirt they throw away yeah back in the day they wanted those balls to scuffs on because they're gonna move more with the way the ball hit the air hit the, the scuff on the ball and it's yeah baseball science i guess you can call it yeah uh pitcher science but there's definitely something they could do with the foreign substance it's nothing it's really just the idea of let's just Get it out in the air and legalize this part of it. Sure. Instead of just being hush-hush and pushed under the rug when we all know it's happening. Mm. So you know it's like, oh, well, that's illegal. But you know it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Let's be like, okay, we know it's happening. Let's make it make this legal and make that. So now it's like, okay, there's no more hiding. Or I could just pull out of nowhere. Uh, it's a World Series. We're not beating this guy. Oh, well, Craig, Craig Grimble, you're out of the game. Yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden you got to bring somebody else in. You win. You just won the World Series because you just saved that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's, That could have come down to that. Agreed. If I was a pitcher, I was losing to a guy or a manager, I'd, boom, call him right out. If it's coming down to the World Series, and that's what it's going to come, I'm, I'll call him out. Call my guy out. I'll worry about it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's a weird topic, or weird subject. It's just, it's, it's. Uh, but baseball's working on it. It's one thing baseball's actually working on. It. I think mm. it's doing somewhat right using spin rate stuff and technology to kind of figure out, are you cheating or are you just using it appropriately? Yeah. And not for nothing, you know, guys are... I'd say pound for pound. I don't know the exact numbers, but guys are throwing harder. The average guy's throwing harder. I'd say more than average guys have a lot more movement on their ball. Um, like more pitchers in the league have more spin 
than well, than the, in previous years. Yeah, they know the spin rate and, technology now, so they can work on that. Yeah, so and, and just the simple fact of those guys being able to control the ball and where it's going, yeah, it could obviously, to a degree, it obviously adds an advantage depending on how much you're using it. But just having those guys be able to to keep it out of the box and keep it over the plate yeah. is a big. God forbid you don't want something happening like what happened to Kevin Pillar. You don't want things like that start to become yeah. more, you know, common. God forbid. Yeah. Um, if so, if it helps you. Say, okay, five out of my ten pitches, I have a pretty good idea where they're going. I might miss a little, but I have a good idea. Mm. If I use a little pine tour, it brings it up to seven out of ten. Mm. Or eight out of ten, the hitters are going to take that. They yeah, want to be safe. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason why they put this uh, face shield on and, you know, so we've seen Satan with the cage kind of thing and, mm. and stuff like that. There's a reason why they put that on there. Not because the major leagues is mandating it. It's because they want to be safe. They want to be healthy. They have other things going on than playing baseball, believe it or not. They have their own families and stuff like that. They don't want to get smoked in the face yeah. and, and, and be killed or mm-hmm. seriously hurt mm-hmm. on the field. And this is their livelihood. They don't want to have their livelihood taken away because a guy that's throwing 100 doesn't know where the ball's going. Yeah. You know, so... And it's not that guy's fault. That no, he's throwing no. 100 doesn't know where he's going. Yeah, obviously, there's, you know, you could say there's a, he could do this and this. But, you know... At the end of the day, he didn't mean it. It wasn't like he was like, I'm going to hit this guy in the face now. Yeah, you know? it, it comes to the concept of if they can use pine tar on the bat... Why can I use some sort of substance? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I and like like I said before, you know, everyone that if you're like us and you're a big baseball fan, if you're a relative baseball fan, generally you you hear the whispers, you understand that this is what's happening, and people around baseball know what's happening. The players, the coaches, the you know, the staff, they know what's going on. It's just why not just like and to your point, why not just make it out in the open? Here's the rule. It's legal to this extent. It's on the mound, whatever, whatever you got to do. And guys can, guys can feel more safe in the box. And I think that is a big part of it as well. That safe player safety. And if that's, that's a big thing that the MLB likes to tote a lot. And that, I think that would be a, a step forward yeah. in player safety. And the hitters would finally know now what they are using. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, right. well, he might be using this, but he could be using this, but he might yeah. be using this substance. Be, yeah. Well, he's using this substance. Right. Or it's yeah. illegal. So he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I know what that's. You know. Yeah, rather than and, wondering if the guy's got Vaseline on his neck yeah. or he's got, you know. And the majors can go look and be like, okay, well, if this guy's, this is how the ball sh- is going to move out of this guy's hand using this substance. Mm-hmm. Well, this is how it loses if he uses an illegal substance. Mm-hmm. Maybe it spins a little bit more. Now you go, well, let's take a look. This guy might be, he might be cheating here, but not cheating here. Yeah, right, right. Then you can really crack down on things. Yeah. Yeah, it all makes sense. Uh, I don't know how most people feel about that. I think most people would agree with that sentiment that it should just be out in the yeah, open at any more. As long as you're not going nuts with it. Yeah. As long yeah. as you're not crossing the line, you know, let's establish the line. Where's it at? And then from there we'll, you know, if you make it legal and you start crossing that line, then we address it, you yeah. know, and coaches and to your point, like, you know, before when you're, when you're uh, first making your, your first point, they, the coaches will call it out if it's over the line. They're not afraid to, um, but for the most part, most most managers know what's going on. They're not. They're going to protect their guys by not going and 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 saying something about the other team's guys. Yeah, because their guys are doing it, or their exactly. hitters are going to get beamed for doing it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's it's one of them unwritten rules that we talked about. It's kind of like that concept. It's a, it's some sort of unwritten rule. Right. It's like you don't say it about me, I won't say it about you. Yep. Unless you know it's really bad cheating, then you know obviously then it's it's kind of like okay, well you cheated, I cheated, let's get out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Maybe, you know, the MLB is looking to introduce a bunch of rules, as they usually do anymore. Um, so maybe that would be one of them that I, I would welcome. Yeah, and, I think and, they, we are, both and welcome. they are working on it. Yeah. This is something that baseball is actually doing doing right. Now right. it's just finally finishing that last step or two to actually finish it off and actually be right and do it right. Yeah, yeah. 
get get some goodwill with the fans and the players, really. Yeah, it could be a CBA thing coming up. Yeah. Which is another topic of ours we just had. So sure. it all comes together. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a, a good talking point. We'll keep a lookout for that. Fans of the podcast for listening, keep a lookout for that. Could be something that could be on your radar. But let's get into the news, I guess, uh, from there. And the first piece of news that we want to bring up, it's kind of a slow news week. Um, sometimes we have, it seems like we've had slow news weeks anymore, you know. Until I'd, I'd say we get into closer to the season with the trade deadline and playoff yeah. stuff to talk about. So the the topics I have are uh, the newsworthy stuff I have is kind of unfortunate. So the first thing uh, is Marcelo Zuna's arrest. On Saturday, May 29th, uh, Braves outfielder Marcelo Zuna was arrested on charge of aggravated assault, strangulation, and a charge of misdemeanor battery, uh, including family violence. Uh, Zuna is currently on the I.L. with two dislocated fingers and was released from jail Monday uh, after posting $20,000 bail. A is currently facing a possible suspension, or probable suspension at this point, and a possible uh, possibility of at least a year in jail. Uh, that's all coming from CBS Sports. Uh, yeah, pretty serious. Uh, I believe it's based on the state, too, that he's in. It's pretty serious charge charges that he's facing. Uh, Ozuna already was having a bad year. I know I've, I had him on my fantasy team. Already having a bad year. You know, had the injury. You know, just things just keep to get worse for him, and me and you are big fans of him uh, as far as his play. Uh, as far as this, can't obviously be, be big fans of this, uh, considering it was in, it was mainly involving his wife, right? I mean, I know you have more yeah you have more uh, information on I don't want to go into me. it a bunch here, but um, uh, it was almost a year to the day that his wife actually got um, some charges pressed against her for domestic issues um, with her uh, actually going after uh, Marcel himself. So there's obviously some back and forth going on here. A guy that I know, uh, a friend of his, actually had Azuna live with him when he was in spring training last year. Um, so he oh, knew really? him and he said he was like, he's a great guy. So, um, obviously this is something, obviously he's in the wrong big time to do sure. what he did. You know, you, you kind of wonder what, what happened to mm. lead you there. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see those details that come out, but, um, uh, hopefully everything just, everyone's all right. Everything clears up and, uh, everyone can get back to their lives in that situation. But, um, yeah, he's in some serious trouble. Yeah. So, uh, it's a shame. He's a good player and, uh, that's just, it's We've seen it a million times, especially a lot more recent. Yeah. With sports cracking down on stuff like this. Yeah, sure. It's a shame uh, and for all parties involved. Number two I got here, part of the news, uh, MLB is being sued. Uh, a group representing small businesses sued the MLB and the MLBPA due to the All-Star Game being moved from Atlanta to Colorado. Uh, they claim that the MLB violated civil rights laws and, quote, purposely and maliciously decided on punishing small business owners when the All-Star Game was moved. They are seeking $100 million in business damages and a billion dollars in punitive damages, all coming from CBS Sports again. This lawsuit could be much ado about nothing. It could also be a lawsuit fueled by trying to get money out of the league because, you know, there's there's lawsuits that come through just to get a plea or a, a, a deal across and then MLB just pays out money, blah, blah, blah. These, this is obviously on a bigger stage. This is obviously asking for a lot more money. Yeah. Um, it could be much do about nothing, but, um, that's quite a bit of money. And, and I know that since they have moved the all-star game, there has been a lot of controversy surrounding that. So I just thought that this was kind of relevant to, yeah. you know, around baseball. Yeah. I think this is, this is a good move mm-hmm. for, for Atlanta and the Braves, uh, because it seemed like that was quite a, a move to do instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with something that had nothing to do with the, this team itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts the city, it hurts the town, uh, you know, the, the county, the town, the city, state, uh, the team, the players, everything, uh, especially a brand new stadium they wanted to show off. 
uh, they can use the money. A stadium that is uh, full capacity. Mm. So that's, you know, it's good for the, the game itself. Um, so uh, the idea to move it, I think they, they should sue. Um, even if it's the idea of we're not, we want to just show you mm-hmm. and, and fight against you to set maybe some sort of precedent. That's a good point. Where you can't just pull things out of the All-Star game just because, you know, something happened. So it should be maybe been voted on or something like that uh, by the Players Association and maybe the Players Union and, and, and maybe the commissioner and, you know, the owners. Mm-hmm. You can't just pull the plug on something like that. So it's almost kind of setting a precedent like, hey, even if we don't win right now, remember that. Right, right. So it's a good move by them. And, um, yeah, it, it is a shame that Atlanta is going to lose, you know, going to lose um, a chance to market yeah. themselves, the city, and their new stadium, as well as being that Hank Aaron has passed uh, a couple months ago. It was in Atlanta. I thought that was just kind of ironic, and they, they were going to do a really good thing for Hank Aaron. Yeah. Um, not that Colorado's not. It's just that Atlanta's, yeah, the Braves, that's, that's where you played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, I thought it sucked for Atlanta. Um, I think a lot of the decisions surrounding MLB leaving and then the lawsuit, there's a lot of, there's a, how to put it, there's a, there's a political backdrop. There's, you know, there's a lot of political arguments. Obviously, it's not a political show. We're not going to get into it. Um, but there is that that a lot of people have problems with. So that's another thing to consider here. Um, regarding both the MLB's decision and the backlash from it. It's just, you know, political football that gets thrown back and forth. But so it's a, like I said, it sucks for the people of, of Georgia in general, people surrounding the surrounding Georgia area in, in that's in that south uh, part of the, of the country because there's not a lot, you know, if, unless you're in Florida, there's that's kind of all you got. Um, it would have been cool. There's probably some people really looking forward to to go and see the All-Star game. So I don't necessarily disagree with the lawsuit, um, but like you said, it could just be setting a precedent and showing that we can go after you too. And it could be simple as that. So it is what it is. I thought it was kind of a, a big, bigger talking point, you know, yeah. of recent. Yeah. So some other th- uh, piece of news here I got quickly. The Diamondbacks and the Mets cleared the benches. I believe it was yesterday. After some talk from, uh, I believe it was Rojas and uh, Louavello, Louavulu, the manager for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah. Had some words to say. Lindor got into it. Stroman. Um, things got a little little crazy. Benches cleared. Nothing really happened, but it was the 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 idea that um, you know tensions were there, um, kind of out of nowhere. So it could be from Diamondback struggles and maybe even Lindor's own struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's a quick note to to note. You know, um, any anytime there's a almost a fight or a fight or benches clearing, it's always notable, especially when there's more games left to play against each other. Yeah. Um, and the last piece of news I have is it's time. It's June. And it's time for teams to figure out if they're contenders or if they're pretenders. You know, are you trading for players? Are you trading away players? Are you building or are you tooling up? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you're coming to that point where you're, it's really time to start addressing that, figuring out what you are, and then what moves you can do to, to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take a look at that. You're going to start seeing some, some trade rumors and trades actually go through now. Um, but the trade deadline is... Less than two months away. Yeah, yeah, fast, uh, fast approaching. It's weird. I feel like we were just talking about the season getting started. We're already in June, so not they're trying to or feeling like rushing the season along, but it goes quick. You know, you gotta appreciate it. Yeah. My last little piece of news here before who's doing the best right now kind of just goes into the, you know, who's doing the best right now in the streaky stuff. Orioles were on a big losing streak um, after today's, or excuse me, after yesterday's win over the. Over the Twins, Orioles ended their 14-game losing streak, which was the longest in the MLB since the Astros' 2013 15-game losing streak. 
while not the worst losing streak in their history, uh, definitely puts a damper on a season the O's were looking to at least improve uh, after their, you know, their their current rebuild. Uh, so it kind of sucks for the O's. Um, they were actually looking, not that they're going to be world beaters or anything, but they were looking okay to start the season. They were looking like they were going to be a pesky team, hover maybe you know sub little sub five hundred team. Got some pieces. I know Trey Mancini's been fantastic since uh, his, uh, I believe he had colon cancer since his return. So, there's, you know, Cedric Mullins obviously was going nuts in the first month. Um, so, so it kind of sucks to see them, you know, you know, 14 game losing streak. That's, that's pitiful at that point, but you know, it is a team that is rebuilding and, you know, we kind of expected a, a, a lesser season from them. Uh, number four, kind of the wrap up, uh, who's doing the best right now. Currently the Rays have the best record in the MLB at 35 and 21, uh, with the White Sox behind them for second best in the AL with a 33 and 22 record. Uh, over in the NL, the Giants own the best record at 34 and 21, with the Padres right behind them at 34 and 22. Uh, the Padres own the best run differential in the league at plus 80, while the Pirates own the worst at minus 83. So not great. Rays went on a big, big, big run. They had a big winning streak, and I think just overall they've won a bunch, you know, in a short period of time. White Sox are good. Giants still, I don't understand, and the Padres are good. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um. um so yeah. Yeah, I just want to throw out some hot and cold teams, but quickly, you um, you mentioned the Giants and how they're doing good. Things are starting to turn. I know they're playing well, but you see Posey in a bit of a struggle. Yastrzemski had a bit of an injury. Um, Belt is hurt. So I think this is a time where you might start seeing the Giants at least come back down to more of a realistic... Law of averages. Yeah. It's, yeah. But uh, I don't want to get into that too much right now, but uh, some hot and cold teams that I want to mention... You know, obviously, you said the Rays, the White Sox, the Royals, playing good, Mariners, Cubs, and Brewers. So some teams there that are all, uh, you know, over the last 10 games, you know, 7-3, 8-2, mm. somewhere in that area. Yep. Um, some cold teams look at the Orioles. Um, I threw the Yankees on here, even though uh, technically uh, they don't really fit the straight standards that I go by with the hot and cold teams because um, I think they were like 5-5 five and five or so over the mm-hmm. last 10. Sure. But they did get swept by Detroit. Um, so Not that's, great. that's, and they didn't look good at all doing it. No. Um, so I just want to throw them out there. Uh, the Rangers, Pirates and Dimebacks, they're Dimebacks, had, they're another one. I think they had an 11 game losing streak. Um, Did the same they really? time during the Orioles had their 14. Um, Jeez. so they're very, you know, struggling uh, quite a bit as well. Yeah. It's a shame. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, the Yankees, uh, they're kind of, I've been comparing them all season to the Braves. They just can't seem to get it going. And they're a talented team, both of them. I mean, granted, they're not, you know, they're not uh, basement dwelling at this point, but they don't, they're not living up to expectations, the way to put it. Um, there's quite a, there's quite a few teams that are, that are, are you know, suspect this year in, uh, in their performance, you know, like the Giants. Uh, the Red Sox are, are playing, I think, above what I, at least what I thought they were going to be. Yankees and Braves are underperforming. Dodgers for a while were underperforming. So there's a lot of, a lot of questions in the league right now, and it makes it a little exciting that it's not just sometimes like, uh, not to call it a certain league, but like the NBA, sometimes you kind of already know who's good, and that just kind of is what it is. At least it's not like that, you know, to this point in the season. You never know, though, as the season goes on. Uh, let's move on to who's hot and who's not. Let's move on to the hot and cold uh, players of the league. My five guys, in no particular order, number one, who I never thought I'd see on this list at all this season, but Josh Reddick. Had a 500 average in last week, a 667 slugging, an 1167 OPS. Yeah, out of nowhere. I didn't even. I think he's on what the Diamondbacks, if I'm not mistaken. I, <laughs> number two, Jonathan Scope had a 455 average over the last week, a 1045 slugging, and a 1584 OPS. 
Number three, Yohan Moncada, 435 average, a 609 slugging, 1144 OPS. Uh, number four, Pavin Smith, uh, 476 average, 857 slugging, a 1399 OPS. And lastly, I believe he won AL Player of the Month, Marcus Simeon, right? Didn't he win Player of the Month? I didn't even know he was doing that well. Uh, yeah. Marcus Simeon, 429 over the last week with a 667 slugging, an 1187 OPS. Again, I had no idea he was doing that good. Um, yeah, he's been doing good. Yeah, so... Uh, himself, and it's working. Yeah, I mean, no surprise there how talented he was with the A's, so I can't say I'm exactly uh, surprised at the the production. Yeah, yeah, some guys, uh, a couple guys here just to throw out for the hot hitters, uh, Hunter Refro, over 400 recently, and also Meadows, mm. doing well. So those are two other guys I want to throw out there. And then some pitchers I like to throw out there. Um, Alex Cobb, if he had seven shutout innings the other day. Weird. <clears throat> Yeah, that's he's been kind of weird for them, but uh, pitching pitched good last start. Shane Bieber pitching very very well. Mm-hmm. Jose Barrios pitching good. Mm-hmm. Zach Greinke, Liam Hendricks, and Craig Kimbrell. Some guys who are uh, for the most part doing well through the season, but especially of late. Yeah, I think Liam Hendricks won reliever of the month for the AL, if I'm not mistaken, too. Uh, so that makes sense. So then move on to the cold guys. Here we got uh, again no in particular no particular order, but uh, number one Jared Kalanick. Goose egg, as far as average and slugging, a 160 OPS over the last week. He's over for his last 21. Uh, right behind him, uh, Miguel Sano, again, zero average, zero slugging, a .053 OPS, so even worse OPS. He's over for his last 18. Brendan, number three, Brendan Rodgers, 053 average over the last week with an 053 slugging and a 234 OPS. Uh, number four, Yerman Mercedes, a .087 average over the last week, 217 slugging and a 410 OPS. And number five, Robbie Grossman, a 100 average, uh, 250 slugging, and a 500 OPS over the last week. Kalanick, I'm outstandingly surprised. Uh, I, you know, I, not that I, not that I'm gonna like raise a red flag on the guy as far as his career, but uh, I'm just surprised uh, coming out of the gate cold. He's a very talented guy. Um, got a lot of potential. I think he'll be o- overall just fine. But it's just a little surprising, you know. Yeah. So that's that's my biggest um, surprise out of this list. Really, is Kalanick. Yeah, uh, some other guys to throw out there. For the most part, I think I have the guy, you know some of the guys you had here, but uh, Bogart struggling of late. Freddie Freeman, Brendan Rodgers, who's been quite a disappointment in his career for the Rockies yeah. as a top prospect in all baseball mm-hmm. for a while there. He has been in his multiple stints in the majors, has been bad and then injury prone. Sure. And Miguel Cabrera still struggling this year, but he was batting under 200 still. Yeah. Um, and struggling of late. Is there a Pujol situation about to happen over there in Detroit? With- We'll see. Yeah, I saw some, <clears throat> some multiple articles written about that. Is he the next one to to have that happen? So yeah. it's not the we're not the only ones thinking it. Yeah. You know? So uh, some pitchers. Uh, Max Freed struggled. Uh, he was pitching pretty good off the IL, but last start he got beat up pretty good. Eduardo Rodriguez getting hit around. Alex Wood was pitching great. His last two starts, I think he got four earned. Uh, two starts ago and seven earned over three innings uh, the other day. Uh, Matthew Boyd struggling. And Bumgarner, who uh, got beat up again today uh, yeah. by the Mets. So there's some pitchers there who are, um, you know, on the on the on the cold side. Give them yeah. the, the snowflake next to your name. Yeah, yeah. To go into our next thing, uh, we go to the injury list. Oh my and, god. And uh, this just grows and grows and grows. Uh, I try not to get into the same guys all the time, but I try keeping it to the bigger names or the more impact guys. But it seems like it grows and it gets worse every time. So we'll start off with uh, Kluber on the IL. Expect to miss some time. Voigt on the IL. Zach Plezak, a uh, great story there, how he got hurt. Uh, terrible to get hurt, but the, how he got hurt um, aggressively taking off his shirt. Unbelievable. That's impressive. I don't know why you wouldn't just lie if you hurt yourself doing that. Like, yeah, I 
tripped and banged it on the doorknob or something. I know. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, a dog pushed me down or something. Like, oh, all right. No, well, I, I was like taking my shirt off and I uh, aggressively, make sure you put that in there. Yeah. And I heard it. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand the PR decision there. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Mitch Garver, a foul tip to a groin. Ended up getting surgery. Not not sure what you know how long he's gonna be out. Oof. Uh, Ramon Lariano. Yeah. Kyle Lewis tore meniscus in the same knee that he had the bone bruise in. That's a shame. He was just playing well. Uh, Michael Brantley on the IL. Mike Soroka done for the year. He had another cleanup surgery on his Achilles the other day. Oh. Not the Achilles surgery that he got the first time, but like a uh, another small procedure in the Achilles. They're saying he's not gonna be back this year. And wow. they're ramping up for next year. I had no idea. Uh, Miguel Rojas, small fracture in his finger, I believe. Uh, yeah. Noah Syndergaard shut down for six weeks before he could touch a baseball again. So a good chance you're not seeing him till maybe September. Yeah. Uh, Bet's tough news for the Mets. Uh, Will Harris, thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. He's already 36 years old, 37 years old. Yeah. He's getting the surgery, so he's done for this year. Um, definitely could be a career-ending one for him. Roman Quinn. Ruptured Achilles. Yep. Lorenzo Cain recently placed in the IL with a leg injury. Uh, terrible news for Jack Flaherty. Hurt his oblique, swinging a bat uh, the other day. He was 8-1, 2.9 ERA. Um, they're saying it's a pretty good strain. It could even be a small tear. So I expect him to be wow. sidelined for quite a while. Lance McCullers, who's having a great year. Another one placed on the IL. Trevor Williams, emergency appendectomy. Expected to be gone, I think, 8-12 to 12 weeks, I believe. Oh, wow. I remember I'm done getting that. 2011, the year he batted 159, having fancy. <laughs> he started that year off pretty good. I'm done. And he got emergency appendectomy. And he came back. Uh, he only missed a week. What? Yeah, it was like about a week to week and a half. And Holy he came shit. back and struggled. And struggled the rest of that year. And I think that might have had a, a reason why. Because yeah. he came back from that surgery very quickly. Well, I'll um, say. So obviously some situations differ. Emergency appendectomy, you know, maybe if this happens, this happens, it could change the way you need to get done or right. how long you could be out or something, especially as a pitcher. So obviously every situation is different, but I believe they said he's supposed to be out for quite quite some time. Wow. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it was rejoin the team in 12 weeks, like, like be back with the majors in 12 weeks. That'd be a little bit more sense, but. Sure. Uh, yeah, Stremski left the game and Tatis was day to day again. Every day, yeah, sure. Every week, day to day. So those are your, your guys who are hurt. On the good side of things, again, we seem to have a lot of similar names here. George Springer ran the bases. We have uh, Chris Sale. Said he feels like a pitcher again. For good. First time in a while, he said. Uh, Stanton activated. Adalberto mm-hmm. Mondesi finally activated. Naturally, he came off the IL swinging a decent bat here. Yeah, good for uh, him. Jesus Lazardo, Another one, he had the video game hit his hand on something. Playing oh, a video yeah, game. yeah. He's yeah. back. Pitched well the other day. The Mets in total, for the most part, are kind of getting healthy. Pilar, Alonzo, guys like that. Uh, but then you had Valar lead the game early again today. J.D. Davis is a rehab shutdown. No, Senegar's rehab shutdown. Carlos Carrasco's never coming back. Seems like Lugo came back, though. So the Mets are kind of, for the most part, are getting more healthy before they get, you know, more hurt. Um, J.T. Riamuto's back. Cabrian Hayes is on his rehab assignment. He'll be back shortly. Good. Joey Votto cleared to begin re- rehab. Cody Bellinger's back. And Zach Allen through bullpen sessions, and he feels pretty good. So this is some pretty big names to... to look at to say hey at least we're getting some guys back and uh back in back in action gonna see some big names mm-hmm. and colin moran on a rehab assignment my fantasy team ah there you <laughs> go i didn't didn't have him on here as um i uh, didn't think the pirates uh, had much impact here but colin moran a good player and um never know maybe gets traded to a team that needs a first baseman a lefty first baseman who could that be? <laughs> maybe that team in new york you can't no because then you gotta shave his beard and you don't need that oh that's true that's true 
<laughs> they deliver no door, so you never know. But yeah. uh, there's some other guys. I even Trout got out of his walking boot with the calf strain, um, but that's still some time away. Sure. Um, there's, a, there's, I mean, there's a million guys you can go into here, but I just wanted to narrow it down to a bunch of big names here and some likable guys. So um, that's your list. Um, like it or not like it. That's just it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's never good to see a list like that with the IL. It seems like it's a uh, commonplace anymore, to uh to have a big IL list. So yeah, it's a so, shame. But yeah, uh, to go into our last bit here, it's our trivia question. Here's a good one. It is. So, the trivia question for the week is: Who was the first reliever to win a Cy Young? And this is uh, goes along with some current news. Mm. Um, but uh, the answer is Mike Marshall also known as Iron Mike. Um, the reason I use this is because he just recently passed away a few days ago um, at 78 years old, um, unfortunately. But um, he was the first relief pitcher to win Cy Young. And, and that was in 1974 for the Dodgers. And I have stats here. He was 15-12, and 12, 2.42 ERA, 21 saves. Pretty good year right sure. there. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he had 15 wins and 12 losses, I mean, it's a lot of decisions. That means he came into a lot of you know close or tie games. Mm-hmm. But then these next... <clears throat> Stats. These are all major league records. He had 106 appearances. 1974, I believe they're playing, what, 162 at that point? 106 appearances out of 162 games. He had 208 and a third innings pitched as a reliever. We don't even get 200 innings out of most starting pitchers anymore. I know. That was as a reliever. He had 83 games finished. And he pitched on 13 consecutive games. Those are all major league records. Video game numbers. Yeah. So that's why he won Cy Young that year. Yeah, I'll say. And a last little tidbit, which is an awesome story. It wraps it all in one. His main pitch, his go-to pitch, his, his breaking ball pitch, his out pitch, whatever you want to call it, was a screwball, which mm-hmm. we don't see much in this league. Devin Williams, they say, kind of has one. Brent Honeywell, they say, somewhat has one. But oddly enough, Honeywell learned that pitch from his dad. Honeywell's dad is cousins with Mike Marshall. Small world. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah. So to bring us all back to it, the first the trivia question, the first relief pitcher to win a Cy Young was Iron Mike Marshall in 1974, and unfortunately he just passed away a few days ago um, at 78. But I just wanted to uh, use that as a trivia question because of the recent, uh, you know, unfortunate news. Yeah, uh, I had no idea until I remembered uh, that I did see an article just in doing the news for uh, for the episode. Uh, I did see that he passed. Unfortunate. Uh, that's a ridiculous year. That kind of year will never be replicated again, I don't think. Uh, or at least in modern baseball standards. Yeah, I mean, you might see the appearances because guys come yeah. in for the one game or one out. or Well, not quite much for the one out anymore because of the three-batter thing. But mm-hmm. they come in quickly, and then they get the out, and then they go on, and they can pitch a bunch of days in a row. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe, I don't know about the 13 consecutive days pitch. I would doubt it. Maybe if they went back to like being able to pitch to one batter. I could see that definitely at that point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, at that point maybe, or the 106 appearances I could maybe see if they went back to the one out, because then you get a lefty, you know, uh, Jerry Blevins comes in, boom, lefty, boom, lefty, boom, and then you only pitch a set out one lefty and then it's out, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. the odds are I don't see them getting broken, but no. if that's your only way. Yeah. 208 and third innings pitch out of a relief pitcher is... I think that's impossible anymore. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, even if you're like the guy who comes in after the opener and you pitch four innings. Mm-hmm. You have to do that all. Even then, you got. You'd have to do it so many times. Third, you, yeah, I just—it's impossible. Yeah. And 80, eighty-three games finished. Yeah, I mean, 
Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's not saying his saves, but that's he got the last out in 83 games. That's that's uh, pretty impressive. More than half of the games he finished the game. I mean, yeah. that's like, you know, he got used to that guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's touched, touching the field almost more than position players, 106 times. I know. It's incredible. It really is. Touches um, the field more than uh, guys like Aaron Judge. Oh. Or Tatis at this point. Or, yeah. or, or, you know, guys like that who just get hurt all the time. Yeah. Yeah, 106 times. I know. So, I believe it was a 162-game season at that time. If not, it's 156 games, which is even more impressive. Well, it should have been because they switched over to the 162 with because the controversy with Maris, right? Wasn't it 61 that they switched over? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it should have been should have yeah. been implemented. That's what I'm saying. So, it um, should be 162 yep. games. So, I mean, that's that's like 80% of the season. 75% yeah. of the season he pitched. That's uh, it's a, in, so. it's a bygone era of baseball. That's all you can say. It's almost 50 years ago now. So, you know, rest in peace to him. It's a shame that he passed. Um, you know, 78 is still too young. Um, but he'll, that's a forever stat, in my opinion. That's yeah. a, that he'll, that, that'll be in the record books forever. Yeah. So. And Iron Mike. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, I wonder how many people, if they didn't see that, that article, or even if you did see it, I wonder how many people really even knew that. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll put up the trivia question pretty soon. But that's kind of all I got for this episode. Um, you know, like I said, kind of light news week, not really, you know, injury list grows, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, batters still seem behind, um, yeah. you know, which seems to be a theme in baseball anymore. Just, um, uh, so, baseball now, so, yeah, so that's kind of all I got. I don't know if you got anything you want to add or finish with. Uh, no, just um, Memorial Day just passed, so I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, it is delayed because Memorial Day, we couldn't quite get together. Uh, we're in the June, so we're in the warm days. We're going to hope to go to a couple baseball games. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> and Father's Day coming. Yeah. Two weeks away. So uh, enjoy that. That's yeah. That's about it. Yeah. That's, a, that's all I got too. So uh, I guess with that, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. All right. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No E and Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.